Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Okay, guys, it's Thursday, August 12th, 2021. I'm coming at you pre-recorded. I managed to record this last night because, guys, the news is fantastic. But first, let's do the bookkeeping. Guys, I'm live on A Free Solution. I'm live on WISL out of Rochester and WACK out of Newark. And guys, thank you all very much for being here. And let's remember, I share this platform with the esteemable Larry Sharp, who has got to be, and if you've watched his shows, overjoyed at the current situation. He's been talking about, and so have so many others, about just how bad Governor Andrew Cuomo is. So we're live on WYSL. We're live on WACK. This is a free solution. Before we jump into the Cuomo thing, let's talk about this for a second, guys. Success, guys, it's it's not final. Failure, guys, is not fatal. And it's courage to continue that counts. And in this face of Cuomo's resignation, I think that we're all tempted to just sit here and celebrate and just think, We finally got some justice in New York State. Um, about that, right? I I got to be honest with you guys. I don't I don't think that we're there yet. The the simple fact of Cuomo resigning, while it is in fact probably a net positive for New York State, I don't think that that really solves all the problems of centralized power of progressive, increasingly progressive politics where, I mean, you guys all see it on your Facebook pages. You guys see it all over the internet where we're basically being forced to be at war with each other, whether it's over a vaccine, whether it's over climate change, whether it's over an appropriate response to the government taking control of every aspect of our life of challenging us every single day with just challenging us with making more and more and more problems so while we do have an opportunity to celebrate here guys this is great Andrew Cuomo resigning possibly even we're going to see him get prosecuted in a court of law Albany County some a young lady accused him and was successful in filing charges against him for his inappropriate behaviors. Um, But I I think that, so yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, let's celebrate this. Let's, let's enjoy the moment. Andrew Cuomo is no longer governor of New York state. I think that that in fact is at least a step in the right direction. And people are asking me and I talk to a lot of people do, do we think you know, is it possible, guys? And this is a question I asked on my own Facebook page. And I got a lot of interesting answers. Is it possible that now that Andrew Cuomo's gone, have we just like the proverbial out of the frying pan into the fire? Um, I think that we have to admit that that's a possibility, guys, that that the, the root causes of progressivism, the root push for socialism, 
the root drive for a powerful centralized government. Um, we've seen that working on New York State for several decades now. It wasn't just Cuomo. It, it happened under Spitzer. It goes back administration and administration after administration. And guys, even our last Republican governor, George Pataki, was by no means a libertarian, by no means a conservative, by no means a smaller government kind of person. So for us to believe or, and again, yeah, let's celebrate that Cuomo's gone. Okay. Let's do that. Let's enjoy this moment. Okay. And let's also, in my opinion, let's, let's talk about the possibility, the fact, the very real fact that him resigning is a far better, far, far better solution than him taking this through an impeachment. Now, I'm seeing rumors that he can still be impeached. And maybe that's an appropriate step here. Um, and so basically, I think what they're saying is they can still, even though he's resigned, his his pension isn't safe, his uh government benefits aren't safe, they can still drag him through the impeachment process. I'm going to tell you right now, and I've said it before, and I feel like I've got to say it again and again and again and again. A lot of Cuomo's power came from a, a, a feckless, if you will, legislation, legislature, where they do not understand that their goal and their desire should be to represent us to the best of their ability. When I see even my favorite guys in the assembly talking about, oh, my God. This is a chance for bipartisanship. This is a chance for us moving forward in time and acting in a bipartisan way. And I explained to that guy. And again, even though I like the guy, when I explained to him that bipartisanship in New York State means Democrats and Republicans acting together to take our rights away, to raise our taxes, to come up with infrastructure projects that don't make sense, to come up with pockets and pools and piles of money to get our local community boards to actively answer the demands of a centralized planning system. I, I'm telling you that that's, that's where we're really at, okay? That's our real problem. And that's, that's the part that isn't going to be answered by, by Governor Cuomo you know, leaving New York State, Kathy Holchel being slightly more partisan or bipartisan, excuse me, bipartisan guys. I'm a libertarian. I've talked about this also several times. Like I am a devout, committed, 100% libertarian. Okay. That means guys, I want smaller government. That means I want solutions instead of problems. That means there's crafty, creative ways to use government to enhance everyone's life. That doesn't mean that I don't want any government. That means I want more localized decision-making power. That means that I want people to pay attention to their local community races. And I want, even our town boards, I want them to stop chasing grant money. I want them to start taking care of their neighbors. And I want them to understand that taxes are too high. Regulations are too oppressive. And that we have lost millions and millions and millions of people in New York State for those reasons. The entrepreneurial spirit is dead. It's being crushed. It's being chased out of here. We come up with creative pilot programs to try to bribe new businesses to coming into our area. And these are things that Mario Cuomo did before Andrew Cuomo, that George Pataki continued, that Andrew Cuomo still continued. And that this is a this is a centralization of power, that pilot programs that do nothing to help existing businesses in your communities that have been helping people for decades with jobs and creative innovation 
creative technology, technological innovations. And, and New York State is behind the times in these things, and we're losing those those very valuable small businesses. And guys, this is, I guess, a personal issue for me. One of my favorite businesses in Otsego County has recently closed its doors, I, and I probably have talked about this on other shows, but I. I'm going to keep talking about it until they fire me because places like medical coaches incorporated decades long since the fifties, forties, they were making ambulances in the fifties and the forties. And now they're gone and they moved into making, putting MRIs in the back of uh, tractor trailer beds and hauling those things around. They sold them all over the world. This was state of the art technology. They were putting doctor's offices into the back of tractor trailers it was a wonderful, technological, savvy, fun business. Um, I used to be a contractor. I used to do some work for them. I absolutely enjoyed that business being a part of my community. I enjoyed the people that it employed. And these are the things that this progressive increasing taxation, these are the businesses that are going to leave our area. And then we're going to bribe new businesses to come in with sweetheart deals that actually guys end up costing all of us, the taxpayers of New York State, lots and lots and lots of money. That's the real issue. So Cuomo resigned. Great. See you later. Okay. Like, please convict him of something, please. There's so much out there. There's so much that he's done wrong over the years that it's hard to believe that something hasn't stuck to him before this. Um, I can see we're coming up on a break. I hope you guys hang in there till after the break. Please check out our sponsors. Please remember that this is a free solution, that this platform is shared by me, Tim O'Connor, the esteemable Larry Sharp, the amazing Kevin Wilson. And guys, when we circle back around, we're going to probably try to break off into some of the issues where... Finally, the media, even the left-wing leaning, and guys, this is a real thing. There's a right-wing media. There's a left-wing media. They're finally going to start telling the truth about Andrew Cuomo, and people, they're going to start sharing stories about him. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe. Safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right, guys, we're back. It's me, Tim O'Connor, live on W. Well, I'm not live. I'm recording this pre-recorded because I have to work tomorrow. But this is WYSL, WACK, 
And guys, this is a free solution. So joining me, I, I was going to talk about Cuomo. You guys already had a rant about, for about 10 minutes about Cuomo. So I got a guy on who wants to do nothing but talk about Andrew Cuomo. Just kidding. <laughs> I think. Do you have any thoughts on the Cuomo resignation, Dr. Mark? Um, I, I really don't like to talk about politics. I'm, I'm not a very politicized guy. I, I'm really all about what what is best for the community i don't care blue red white green brown doesn't make a difference you know it's like who's doing the best for overall for for most people and that that's that's what i kind of focus on so for mr cuomo well i wish him the best and whatever he's got to you know deal with his um current endeavors um i think he did a pretty good job trying to get us through the uh covid um uh pandemic um okay but um that's all i'd have to say about that all right so guys who what i want you to know this show is about free solutions all right dr mark is a uh my personal physician and he decided he's crazy enough to come on this show with me <laughs> now what what dr mark has done guys and you heard me talk about him a little bit about him last week because i happened to have an appointment with him um dr mark And I want to call it reinventing medicine. I give him a lot of credit because he's the guy that I know about. I know other people are doing it, but he basically has brought his doctor's office back into his house. And so if you want a guy, a doctor to actually care about you, to stop checking boxes and punching numbers and answering like referrals, right? Doctor, you know, when you go to the doctors, they, they see a little mole on your skin and they go, oh, you know what? We got to get that biopsy. We're going to have to send you off to a surgeon. You know, that's part of the program. Okay. You know, that's part of them making their doctor ends meet meet. And, and here's Dr. Mark. Tell, tell, do you mind telling everybody about what you do? Oh, I'd love to tell everybody what I do. Um, I've uh, basically been tired of the uh, way healthcare has uh, become in America. Um, I'm right, aren't I? It's all money. <laughs> it's all about money. Admit it. <laughs> it really is. It's all about uh, lawyers, money, insurance companies. And unfortunately, it has become less and less about the patient. And it's certainly uh, uh, veered far away from focusing on the doctor and the patient making the decisions. And it's come out to, you know, what your insurance company will agree to, what the pharmaceuticals will, um, uh, you know, make affordable, what the, you know, politicians will make, uh, you know, uh, available to you if you have, you know, what kind of insurance or Medicare or whatever it is. It's just, it's gone away from you sitting in the room with your doctor making the decisions for what's good for you. You know, you're, and, um, you're talking um, about libertarian politics. I just want you to know that. Okay. That's, that is something that libertarians harp on, right? That, that we've created this medical system. And, and I'm not knocking you. Like, you, you see some of the realities of this medical system that we're dealing with, that it is, in fact, about insurance companies. That's almost become non-competitive in a way. Like, you have to do what the insurance company tells you. And then your doctor has to answer the needs of the big medicine practice that they're part of. Like, let's say I was part of uh, a big conglomerate that shall remain nameless at this point. But all, every time I went there, they found something to refer me to a specialist for. I I mean, practically every single time. Now, I, I, I mean, if we're developing a relationship, you've been on a show with me in the past. We had a blast. 
where do you see the future of medicine? Are, are you, is this model going to win the day? Like what you're doing or other people going to s- just start doing it because it's just that much better. Um, I sure hope so, because honestly, I think that, uh, I think that the, the system as it is, is going to crash and, um, um, maybe what will rise from it is going back to way things used to be before the 1980s when insurance companies started basically telling doctors what to do. Um, it used to be, you know, doctors would go to your house and, you know, they'd see you and they wouldn't be knocked on the door by their office manager saying you've got five minutes left and you've only been in there five minutes. Um, (laughs) you know, it's just, I'm telling you, that <laughs> is why when I saw you advertising your your interesting new deal, I knew eventually I had to give it a shot. I I had a I have a health problem that some of the people know about that needs to be checked out by a doctor regularly. You put me on a much better medicine with literally no hassle. There wasn't 14 specialist visits. You took a look at my medical history. You knew that it made sense for me. And, and guys, I, I just want to tell you, it was a great decision. And so I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm loving Dr. Mark's practice and I love what he does. And guys, literally, I traded two goats for some mole removal and I wanted, I mean, I won. It, it's a win for everybody. <laughs> so um, what, what, the, what, what kind of practice model I'm doing is something called direct primary care. And um, it's been around since about 2008. It started taking some... Uh, traction in around 2011. So it's been around for a while. And basically, it's doctors who've decided to to move away from, um, you know, large corporations and insurance companies telling them what to do. Um, It's a direct pay uh, membership model, where you pay a monthly fee, and essentially, you get a doctor in your pocket. Um, You have access to your doctor, you call, at least for me, you call me directly. I give you a special patient-only phone number that um, you know you can text me. You can call me. Um, there's not. I don't have an office staff, so basically, whenever you call, you're going to be talking to me. You might talk to my wife, um, but it's it's basically personalized medicine, and you know we know who our patients are because we're not taking 1,500 patients like the regular models of healthcare is like now. I only take up to 150 patients which honestly is, is, is half of what I thought I was going to take when I opened this practice a year ago. Yeah. So let me, I cut I, it I, down. can I, I want to ask you a question about what you just said there. Uh, like the average physician takes on in, in a big medicine conglomerate takes on how many patients? So their panel ranges from anywhere from 1200 to 1800 patients um, that they're responsible for. And you're saying you, you can make a living off of taking 150 crazy fools like me. Um, I can make a living and, uh, you know, I mean, again, I'm not looking to get rich. Um, I'm, I'm basically a, uh, comfortable middle-class and, um, I mean, the math is very simple, you know, um, you know, I charge a hundred dollars a month for you guys to, to have access to me. And, um, you know, if I take 150 patients, well, you know what the math is. Yeah. Um, it's a, well, that, that's very straightforward. Um, so and guys, I can tell you where it benefited me um, personally, my pocket. Okay. I was able to raise, go for the maximum deductibles on all of my insurance policies. Okay. And that saves me a little bit more than it costs me to have Dr. Mark who will text me at least three times to remind me to attend an appointment. will <laughs> remind me to go get my blood drawn. He will ask me how I'm doing. He will invite me to his like um, 
one year anniversary, all of those things that medicine used to be. I mean, I can remember my first doctor was the same kind of situation. We would go into his, the, the basement of his house, very nicely done, just like yours. And, and guys, he would offer us treatment and then he'd occasionally have to find, you know, they, they would send us to other, like if it was an emergency, they could send us still to the emergency room or if we needed a um, treatment for something serious or they need to investigate something, they would reverse refer us to specialists still. I think you still kind of need to do that too, right? You can't just handle every single thing yourself. Well, I, I, I certainly don't feel like I'm God and I certainly don't feel like I know everything, but um, family medicine, which is the specialty that I'm in, um, you know, teaches you everything from, um, you know, primary care, including uh, geriatrics, pediatrics, internal medicine, um, and then they teach you general surgery. They teach you gynecology and OBGYN, uh, or sorry, OB, I already said GYN, but I do procedures right in the office. I don't have to send you to a dermatologist to get a lesion cut off. I'll cut it off in my office and I'll send it to the pathology lab. If uh, you cut yourself, I don't have to send you to the emergency room. I can just sew you up in my basement. Um, so I, I don't send everybody out. I basically do as much as I can. And then I punt. If I know, I got to know where my limits are, but right. for most things, and that's what primary care used to be, is you take care of it done by your primary care physician. Um, unfortunately, the way medicine has become these days, primary care physicians only have 10 minutes with their patients, 15 minutes. They don't have time to do the procedures or, you know, even sit down with their patients for, you know, enough time to explain everything that has to do with their heart. We can yeah. take care of, you know, atrial fibrillation and, you know, heart failure, just as well as, you know, most cardiologists. It's only when we get to a point where it's, you know, beyond our, our knowledge, we all hit our, our limits yeah, somewhere. If you, if you don't mind me jumping in here, Dr. Mark, you made, so, uh, sure. there's, there, you mentioned a 10, 15, 20 minute time limit, right? Your doctor has your primary care doctor, who's part of a big medical conglomerate, a big, huge facility, right? Where you're thinking maybe this is what you want because you're going to get good, good service, good access to great healthcare. 15 to 20 minutes, that's a visit, correct? If you're lucky. I mean, if honestly, you're lucky, thank you. I mean, yeah. I, I, would, I would say that I have heard many times from my patients that when they get to see a specialist, they might see them for five minutes. And they say sometimes they don't even get to, they literally don't touch them with a stethoscope. You know, yeah. it's like they go in there, they look at their computer and then they have to move on because they have so many patients. It's not the doctor's fault. It's the system that they've been put in that they have to see X amount of patients to make X amount of dollars for the hospital to be profitable for them to basically cover their salaries. And that means um, they need 37 referrals a day at, per 15 minutes. And if you don't get those, like, you don't get those. I'm sure there's no real financial incentive, but this is what you're supposed to do. And how come you didn't meet it yesterday? And how come you didn't meet it last month? And and what's going on with these sorts of things? I I know that that's what's going on. Don't you you probably existed in that field, right? So you know I, what's I going on. I can tell you that there have been meetings that I've had with employers and such that want you to hit a certain amount of patients per day. Yeah. Um, that's, that's certainly no, no doubt, but it's, it's honestly because they have to meet a bottom line. Oh, Hey, and we're coming up on a, on the 12 minute break there. I, I, I need us to hold off. Would you like to stay for another segment, Dr. Mark? I think maybe we can make that happen. 
That's totally right. up to you, sir. Guys, let me do a little bit of bookkeeping to take you out of this 12 minutes. It's Tim O'Connor with Dr. Mark Moretto, live on a free solution. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right, guys, it's Tim O'Connor. Welcome back to A Free Solution. And remember, guys, Monday, Kevin Wilson. Tuesday, the esteemable, the amazing, the hopeful gubernatorial candidate, Larry Sharp. Wednesdays is back to Kevin Wilson. Thursdays, it's me, Tim O'Connor, your host here. On a free solution live on WYSL in Rochester and WACK in Newark. And so, guys, you probably caught some of that last segment. I'm glad that you stayed with me. Guess well stayed with me, Dr. Mark Barreto. And we're talking about, I guess, reinventing, revolutionizing healthcare, right? I I just first of all I enjoy him. Second of all, I enjoy the fact that somebody sees the same problems. And this isn't political, Dr. Mark, forgive me, it sees the same problems with healthcare that libertarians do, that maybe some conservatives do, maybe even some progressives see it, that there's a real issue in big, huge corporations, big, huge insurance companies running our personal health care. And I think if I understand you correctly, you found that a little bit offensive. Is that correct? Uh, I, I would say you're correct. All right. It's not only offensive, it just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. I love the word sustainability. There's so many things like our tax rates, not sustainable, our increases in property taxes, not sustainable, our chasing small businesses out in New York state, not sustainable but sign up with dr mark dr mark you mentioned a pro- i we talked about my relationship with you and how i personally saved money if i remember correct, correctly and correct me if i'm wrong but you have some other programs available for for maybe small businesses or contractors yeah. things like that you can you want to talk about that sure so um how insurance companies um kind of give rates to businesses is based on utilization. 
that, that word utilization is important. Um, they give different rates to, you know, depending on how many people are in the organization and how often they're using their insurance to pay for office visits and labs and so on and so forth. So the more you use your insurance, the higher the premiums are for that particular plan. So when a company, you know, goes and tries to get on with an insurance company to give them a plan option, they look at the, the, the cohort of people that are in it. They say, well, how, how many uh, chronic diseases are in there and how often are they using, you know, our insurance? How often are they seeing the doctor? How often are they getting labs? How often are they, um, you know, going to get uh, tests? How much medications are they using? So if we can decrease the utilization um, of insurance plans and do as much as we can in your primary care office at basically covered by an out-of-pocket membership fee, which is what direct primary care is, you lower the utilization costs and the insurance premiums for companies will go down. That sounds so complicated. Just spell it out. It's corrupt, man. Let's be honest. It's got this <laughs> nasty money-making system that just basically squeezes people to make every nickel that they can. When, in fact, they could go see a guy like you. Let's just tell, let's tell it like it is, right? It's true. And honestly, just this past year, um, you know, I mean, just as an example, you know, I know people whose insurance premiums, because of this utilization issue, their smaller company that only has 200, uh, 300 uh, um, employees has gone up from a family membership um, premium of $400 a month to over $1,200 a month. And for who people who are making that, God. Yeah, who can afford that? Exactly. That's I mean, nuts. I have people that are, you know, you know, their, their administrative assistants, their secretaries, their, their janitors, how do they afford that? That's a third of their salary is just on spending on healthcare. And they don't have another option because again, the insurance companies don't want to give uh, to take on a cohort of 200 people that has a high utilization rate. So that's why their only option is to do these high premium, very bad coverage plans. What's worse is that these same plans that they used to cost $400 to $500 per family per month used to have a deductible of like, what, $4,000 per family, and then they would start covering stuff. The, the $1,200 premium that it is now for the same thing now costs $18,000 before the insurance will pay a dime. $18,000. It's ridiculous. It's it's. It's amazing. So we can talk about how we got here. We can talk about the fact that government and corporate corporations are basically in bed together and, and they regulate these things into existence because it's mutually beneficial. Every politician That's right. has their hand out to the insurance company. Everybody because- makes money except the, the, and except the patients get screwed. Correct. What now you're is. talking. Yeah. Now <laughs> you're talking. Yes, <laughs> I agree. So, uh, I mean, have you filled up your roster? I, I, are you going to hire another doctor? You're going to add another 150 people. How? How? No. This is a solution. This is reality. I just want to see you be the most successful like doctor in on the face of the planet. I and want I this to come that. back. 
But the thing is exactly, I, I don't want to add another doctor because I don't want to become the next conglomerate of wow. bigger business. Yeah. You Good were talking point. about how small businesses get run out of New York City or New York State because of taxes or whatever too. like that. <laughs> yes. Small businesses is the way to do this. Direct primary care is a means for an individual practitioner to have a small office, still make a living, and actually do healthcare the way it was meant to be. So no, I don't want to add another doctor. I only want to take up to 150 patients because that's what I can do. I see patients and it takes me about, you know, I use 60, um, 190 or 130 minutes. So basically uh, an hour, two hours I spend with my patients for their visits when I need to. I can't do that if I take 300 patients or 400 patients. And the whole point is that I want to spend the time with my patients, not doing paperwork, not filling out, you know, checkbox marks that is going to uh, 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 make the insurance company say, yes, you've had enough uh, review of system marks to say this is equal to a nine nine two one five. Oh this my is God! All doctor speak me. for coding. Oh. And crap. Well, listen, I was <laughs> check this out. Funny story. I worked when I first got out of college. One of my first jobs. I was a billing officer at Bassett uh, Hospital, and every single thing was a number, right? And so the insurance companies would pay for certain numbers, and then they wouldn't pay for other numbers. So sometimes we had to go talk to the doctor and be like. Could it actually be 9983, not 9972? And the right. doctor would be like, no. <laughs> and he'd be like, couldn't it actually have been that procedure? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it definitely was that. So, yeah, I, I, I know a little tiny bit about what you're talking about there, that medical coding procedure stuff. Oh, my God, how do we keep up with it? But see, that's how we keep up with it. We keep up with it by making you have to hire more staff to deal with more coding and billing and paperwork that doesn't actually generate any revenue for the physician. And it only is more overhead for the physician to, to what? To do what the insurance companies want so they can get you know paid for doing nothing. It's, I mean, that's, it's, don't they? Insurance companies don't actually want to pay. If there's any way out of paying, they want they want a way out of paying. Yeah. Isn't that a better way? They to just deny that? everything, and then we have to send, resubmit it, which takes more time for my staff, which in in this case would be me because I don't deal with insurance <laughs> companies. I don't deal with insurance companies for this reason. I have friends that are are practitioners that literally spend hours on the phone every week trying to get paid by insurance companies so guys as you can tell i think dr mark first of all bud you sound like a libertarian i tell you what i love that you hate these systems that take things away from human beings guys we're running out of time for this segment it's a free solution dr mark thank you all another segment in just a few minutes and check out our sponsors
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. They're hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right, guys, remember to check out the sponsors. They they keep this show in business. Guys, you just heard from Dr. Mark Barreto, who, if doc, if there's doctors out there that want to follow his medical plan, if there's people in my area that want to participate in his medical plan, you can reach out to him directly at BarrettoFamilyMedicine.com. And it's really easy to find. B-A-R-R-E-T-O familymedicine.com. Dr. Mark is a blast. Dwayne, you'd love him. Uh, guys, check this out. I've been so fortunate tonight and I had to pre-record the show, but I have some fire guests. Okay. My first 10 minutes, I just ranted about Cuomo like an, a maniac, but guys, I got Dwayne Whitmer with me, man. He's the, the chairman of Erie County Libertarian Party. He's running for comptroller. He ran for, I don't know, Congress or some crazy thing. And he lit stuff up. Dwayne, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I am so glad that you're here. So running for comptroller, what do you think? What's going to happen? How's it going? Um, it's going well because uh, Erie, I'm in Erie County. It's a very blue county. And um, the Erie County GOP has essentially failed uh, miserably on multiple levels. Their, their endorsed sheriff's candidate got smoked in the primary. Um, their comptroller candidate is just... She's a perennial candidate. Um, she's probably not going to pull that off. Uh, so they're not going to win the sheriff's race. They're not going to win the comptroller race. They don't have the county executive. So the Erie County GOP on a county level will be dead. Um, you look at the legislators, they're going to have maybe two of 11 legislators. And then you look at the Buffalo mayoral race. Um, the Erie County GOP collected signatures from a candidate for the Buffalo mayoral race. He declined and instead decided to uh, challenge minor parties, people like me, to, to keep them off the ballot. So essentially, the Erie County GOP decided to spend its resources and time not running races, not engaging voters, not running for city of Buffalo mayor. Uh, they decided to spend all their time challenging Dwayne Whitmer. Oh, my and lo- losing. They, I'm, oh, I'm still on the ballot. They lost. That's so, um, so good, man. We have a local group around here, a, a bunch of conservatives that I, I love them, right? They're They're great people they are going through the very same thing with our local Republican party. The local Republican party tries to focus on having great candidates, not passionate people running for office. Right. Or like, I think they're coming down to where they're, they're hiring Democrats to pretend they're Republicans because here they are, they have already won a race. So they get to change parties. You think that kind of thing's going on in Erie County? Yes. So actually, the Democratic candidate for the comptroller's race was a Republican. He was actually on uh, 
if you remember Rick Santorum, yeah. who ran for president in 2016, he was on Rick Santorum's campaign as a Republican. Uh, so to answer your question about why they're focusing on great candidates, um, I, I think we need to acknowledge, and, and the voters don't want to hear it, and the establishment doesn't want to say it, um, candidates are picked on who provides the best backroom deals. Uh, Republicans and Democrats pick Pamela. their candidates solely on one thing, and that is, what are you going to give us? What kickbacks do we get? Um, what nepotism hires do we get? What jobs do we get? Um, and and the my my race is example of this because the Democratic my Democratic opponent, like I stated, was the Republican. They said, hey, if you switch to Repu- uh, Democrat, we'll get you back. They endorsed him for this job at a Democratic uh, county, which he will probably win. My Republican opponent was an elected legislator. When her district went blue, she ran against the county executive and lost. She got a nepotism job in the comptroller's office, and now she's the Republican endorsed comptroller candidate. Um, it's how yeah. it, you know. It's how they. It's, it's how, how they it's pick done. the sheriff candidate. Dude, uh, check this the, out. There's at least five counties, maybe more, in New York State where the GOP chairman has a consulting firm. Guess what their consulting firm specializes in? Electing candidates. So basically what they interview is they interview the guy's bank account. Whoever has the most money, that's their preferred nominee. And then they automatically get hired to try to elect that guy. I'm not even kidding. It should be illegal. My attorney is telling me I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyways. I I, I believe uh, a certain uh, not Democratic Party chairman in New York State, his wife or girlfriend owns a consulting firm. Uh, they might be, th- their party is red, if anyone's it's too serious. All, it's um, all what I New believe York State, man. All his, over. His, well, that, this is the state chairman. Oh, my uh, God. And, um, yeah, his name's Lang, like... Uh, uh, Lang, Lick, Lick Nangworthy, I believe uh, is Yeah, the name. we probably shouldn't mention his um, name on air, but uh, playing but, um, something. I've heard of him, I think. But, yeah, he I, I believe his, his wife is in the uh, political consulting field. Um, That's how business gets done, everybody. That's how well, business gets in done. major parties, yes. Um, right. So it's like, you know, the Republicans like to talk about uh, fair elections, yet, you know, they're not giving you proper candidates they're they're not even letting the election be fair because the best candidates more often than not are being ignored and then they're going out of their way to alter and mess with minor parties so you're not even getting a fair election that way but by, um, bipartisanship i i just i commented on my local assemblyman's page bipartisanship is because he's all happy that cuomo got is has resigned so oh it's an opportunity for bipartisanship he says and i'm like bipartisanship is when republicans and democrats act together to raise our taxes and to bridge yes. our rights. And, yes. you know, he, he's a nice guy. He answered me. He likes me. I like him. He's not the worst guy in the world, but that's reality. This bipartisanship is all about power. Well, and let's, let's talk about that. I mean, I think it's another thing that needs to be said, and this is, you know, a lot of, a lot of listeners are going to get mad when they hear this, but it's true is that um the, the, the myth is that the Democrats love big government and the Republican Party is a party of smaller government. <laughs> um, that's factually incorrect. The Democratic yes. Party is the party of bigger social government. Yes. They want more government for social programs, more inclusivity, you know, 
Uh, the Republicans want bigger government as well, as long as they're in charge. I mean, yes. look at the TSA, the NSA, all the surveillance programs all passed under Republicans, they, which are now being used against Republicans. So congratulations, Republicans. You they, they pretend um, to want slightly less government. So like as a, as an analogy, the Democrats are like, hey, you can have seven candy bars. And the Republicans are like, mm, you guys can only have three candy bars. But don't worry about it. All the candy bars are free no matter what. Well, if, if you want, this is the perfect example of the Republican Party in New York State. Byron Brown is the mayor of Buffalo. The Republican Party has hated on Byron Brown for his entire term. And now that Byron Brown lost the primary, the Republican Party behind the scenes is supporting Byron Brown. No way. They wouldn't. Yep. They're, 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 they don't they're have- supporting... They're supporting a Byron Brown write-in campaign over India Walton. Yes. That is the GOP in a nutshell. They fight, they argue, they complain, and then they settle because they're terrible. I mean, that's nice. that's the GOP strategy. Look, look at it with, let's talk about gun rights. The, the, oh, the GOP is the party yeah. of guns, right? No. Well, no, oh. we're going to settle for this, and we're going to settle for banning bump stocks, and we're right. going to settle for adding taxes. Like the NRA. The National yeah, so, Rifle, they, so they support rifles. That's about it. You know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, the Republicans were pro-gun. And now they're saying no new laws. Well, the new laws compared to 20 years ago are insane. So they're settling for what's on the books and just preventing things from getting worse. They're, the Republicans are a roadblock. Uh, the Republicans are not even, they're a speed bump. Speed in the bump. Era of, <laughs> they're an era, a speed bump in the era of progressivism. Um, the conservative party conserves big government. Um, they're, you know, they can serve big government programs that the progressive class established 20 years ago. That's all they do. They're not cutting programs. They're not cutting spending. They're not cutting the deficit. Yeah. Let me jump in for a second, because I think, I think people need to know this. I got to the Libertarian Party and I think a a few people got to the Libertarian Party by being a a severely disappointed conservative. We're, We're disappointed in the fact that they they commiserate or they 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 agree with or, or they negotiate away our rights like the national rifle association they negotiate yes. away our rights and so somehow there's only one party that says guys all of your rights all of the time stop yes. being angry racist bigoted stop being manipulated through lies understand that there is one party that believes in your individual liberty, and that's yeah. the Libertarian Party. It's not the Conservative yes. Party. It's not the Republican Party. So, and that's with all due respect to a lot of decent people, even in the Democratic Party. There's decent people everywhere. They're just buying the wrong argument. Yeah. Well, so I was I was a Democrat at first. I went to Fredonia State. I went to a state school. So I was I was hit with the the progressive, you know, rainbows and unicorns <laughs> propaganda. And so I, I was a Democrat, and and it was a time. It was a, it was during the time where gay marriage was being talked about. And my stance was, why is government involved in marriage? Period. So I was a Democrat because I thought that's who I was. And then I got. It's kind of funny. I got my first job and started paying taxes and became a Republican. Just and like I be, that, <laughs> I became a conservative because I said, you know, um, I, I'm from a really small, poor area. I grew up very, very poor. Um, paid my own way through state school. I got in the real world and realized that um, the government takes a lot of my tax dollars and sends my friends to kill brown people in the Middle East. And when they get burned and churned and come home, they get no support. If they come home, I've had friends if, that didn't come home. Right. If and they come so home. I said, wait a minute here. 
the government kind of sucks. And so I, I, I was a very conservative-ish. I didn't agree with the social issues, but I wanted to, you know, cut the scope of government. And then I realized that um, the conservatives have never cut a single government program. Uh, you can fact check me on that and you yeah. will find that I'm correct. Brother, I was I was a compassionate conservative when George Bush rolled that stuff out. And I'm like, yep. uh, he's saying government should be smaller. They should we should spend less money. Dwayne, we're actually I knew we, I knew this was going to happen. We would burn up the amount of time that we had to talk yep. way too fast. What I need to do is make a commitment with you that we are going to do this again and yeah, regularly you know. because you have fire stories. We didn't even get into you saving the whole town of Hamburg from uh, a possible like a invasive law preventing bonfires. Were we like permit oriented kind of deal? Is that what was going to happen? Which I believe I believe the Republican councilman, woman, and man uh, supported. Of um, course. So how's that for small government? Republicans? Smaller government, but but you need a permit to have a bonfire in your backyard. Guys, it's a free solution. We're on WYSL out in Rochester, which reaches out into Erie County, I'm pretty sure, and WACK in Newark. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs>